All right. I think we're ready to go. Good intro music, right? Don't you love it? A little bit of Pink Floyd there. Hey, from somewhere in the American desert, welcome to the show. Let's talk. This is Mike. I'm your host. And, uh, well, what can I say? Pink Floyd, again, first time I ever heard them. There's a pizza store nearby to where I grew up, and a friend of mine, um, another Marine, actually, uh, went into there uh, quite often, have some pizza, and they had a jukebox. And um, first time I went in there, he was already there, and the song was on the jukebox. And, well, it was the song Money by Pink Floyd. And we would sit there and talk about obsessive or whatever. Over and over, we'd play the song Money. <laughs> the owner kind of looked at us like we were nuts, but oh well. And we'd eat our pizza, so that's that. Anyways, welcome to the show. I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited. I think I've, uh, well, let's do this first. Name of the show is Let's Talk. My name is Mike. I'm your host. My email address is letstalkmike1 at gmail.com. Let's talk M-I-K-E, the number one at gmail.com. And with that being said, the episode is called Be Vigilant. Be Vigilant. Stay aware, you know, be be prudent to what's going on and what you see and what you hear, all right? Learn, you know, in prayer and reading your scriptures, hopefully, and whatnot, or, you know, talking to people that are, you know, uh, Christians, and they can explain to you why these things are happening. And because it, it really, it doesn't make any sense what we hear and see, especially, you know, the political side of things. The most amazing part, of Biden, people like Biden, let's just put it that way. So Biden and those like him and Biden and those that support him. And then you got others, you know, like those in the World Economic Forum and different things like that. When these people speak, I'm amazed, well, not amazed, but it just dumbfounds me over and over again that they're just spewing garbage, lies. Forgive me for saying it's bullshit. Okay? It really is. It's the most evil course of events that we're under or going through. And yet, by the millions, if not maybe billions, they all applaud and clap. Yay, yeah, yeah, you oh yeah, this is great and wonderful. Look how good we're doing, you know, blah, blah, blah. Really? Do you think for one minute that if we were really doing as good as, you know, Uncle Joe up there in the White House says and so forth and so on, do you really think that our economy and our inflation rate would be what it is? I hate to tell you, no, it wouldn't. Hate to tell you, another, you know, line of BS over and over again, and over and over again, the people applaud and say, oh, how wonderful, how great, how terrible it was under Trump, and Joe Biden's delivered us from all those evils of Trump. They don't have any, well, The ones that are spewing it have a clue, but they uh, refuse to tell you the truth. Let's just keep it at that. You know, like this balloon thing, this Chinese balloon. Oh, that happened under Trump Oh, dozens of times. 
And yet, why is it? Let me listen now. Why is it that every single individual who served in the Trump or under in the Trump administration or under his leadership, you know, so forth, at the Pentagon, the Department of uh, Defense, all this, all these different things, Secretary of State, on and on and on. Why have every one of them, every single one of them, said emphatically? It never happened under Trump. And if it did, somebody kept a secret. All right? Now think about that. Understanding how Trump dealt with world politics and his stance on certain things. All right? Do you think for one minute that that balloon would have even, you know, gone two miles into Alaskan airspace? Trump would have had that thing shot right out of the sky. No questions asked. So there's that. The other thing is this. I don't think China had the guyuns necessary, you know, to test Trump like that. Just like Russia didn't and North Korea didn't. Trump let all those people know in no uncertain terms, including the Islamic world. One one act on your part, and I'm going to pulverize you. No questions asked. No holds. Just done. Dust. So knowing that, and I'm not just tooting Trump. I'm telling you the facts. So knowing that about the Trump administration and how he dealt with things, do you mean to tell me that what they're saying is the truth? Oh, please don't. And how in the Sam Hill did this balloon, which is ginormous, it's like the size of five city buses or something like that. I mean, you can't miss it, right? All right? How did it get from, you know, came across through Alaska, down through Canada, all across vital areas of our country, defense-wise, and on and on, and all the way over off the East Coast. How did that happen? And, and you know, nothing. Until because I think it was more on the grounds that people were saying something about it that Biden finally authorized something to do about it. This is the greatest travesty of uh, American defense and security ever, 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 ever that this country has gone through. So I'm just putting that up front, the start of the show. So let me say our prayer, and we'll move on. Thank you for letting me do that every so often, too. Anyways, uh, dear Heavenly Father, the... The absolute evil and the lies and the cheating and the stealing is so beyond anything I think most people, Lord, ever imagined. I think most people, Lord, unfortunately, as I said earlier, Father, you know, they just, because they don't have you, they've fallen. And because they don't have you, they're doomed. They're, 
no hope. And because of that, Lord, I can never, ever, ever thank you enough for calling my name, for making me your son, a co-heir in your kingdom, the right to call upon you, to come to your throne, seek thy mercy and forgiveness, and always give you the, the, the praise and the honor and the glory. For mighty are you, O Lord, and mighty are thy works. For our eyes seeth all. And I thank you, Father, for opening our eyes. And I thank you in the name above all names, in the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Amen and amen. Let's get started. First scripture, Luke 21. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by, which means near or now. Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines, and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. Amen, Father. Thank you for your word, and thank you again for this opportunity and this chance to not only speak your word, Lord, but to, I hope and pray, help others to understand the times we live in, and that as hopeless as things may seem, Lord, we shall have no fear, for thou art our God. So moving right in or moving along, I'm kind of <laughs> excited. I'm kind of really looking forward to this. What I've done, because my forte seems to have been or seems to be from the beginning of my, my walk with the Lord and so forth and so on has been like prophecy, you know, seeing it long before it happens. So I thought what I would do, since I, I think it's pretty apparent we're right in the middle, <laughs> or, you know, we're, we're going into that time where the prophets Daniel and Re Book of Revelation and, and Isaiah and so many others talked about that these different events would take place at the end time. And so I truly believe, and I'm sure most of you or a lot of you do also, that we are, in fact, in that end time. We are approaching this, this time, all right? We're seeing things unfold as it goes along, and, and they develop into, you know, the fulfillments or the, uh, the, the coming fulfillment of the prophecy. So what I've done is I, I got this show today, Be Vigilant. I got a show on Friday, and I got a show on Monday that are all connected, okay? And I, if I do it right, you know, it'll make all sense to you and everything like that. I think I've done it right. I think I got my thoughts on paper and, and you know, prayed about it and, 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 you know, waited upon the Lord for him to show me and to, you know, give me the the answers I needed or so forth and the inspiration from, you know, the Holy Spirit to, to do this. So this is what I'm hoping. So technically speaking, 
This is a three-part show, okay? <laughs> Not all in one, okay? So anyways, but I guarantee you, make sure you got enough coffee for each show. Um, as you know, the shows are going longer. And, um, you know, so make sure you're, I know some, some of you work out. Make sure your weights are all set or take a break from your weights and just listen. You know, let it be your rest time. You know, you're supposed to have a rest time after your workouts and stuff. And whatever you might be doing, driving to work, listening on your radio, you know, whatever. Wherever you may have a chance to listen to the shows. And uh, um, so hopefully it all comes out in the end. It all makes sense to you. So let's jump right in. All right. He says there'll be earthquakes and in diverse places. So a major quake. This is serious. I mean, this is, I saw pictures and video online, you know, and you know, if it's on the internet, it's true, right? Bah, ha, ha. Anyway, uh, I, I got to tell you, oh man, it looks like they were bombed. I mean, the destruction is just complete. There's nothing left of these areas that we're, we're seeing. And the death toll, I can't even imagine. Like when I wrote this, it was like at 5,000. They started out at like 600. Then the last I knew it was like 5,000. But then not long after that, I read 10,000 or more. You know, I don't know you know, when they'll actually know the actual number, you know, because they, <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you. So anyways, it was a 7.8 magnitude earthquake hitting Turkey and Syria on uh, early Monday. And it just, again, the death toll, you know, and this happened while people were still sleeping. Can you imagine that? I mean, put aside what country and what religion and all that kind of stuff, putting that aside, can you imagine? Because let me tell you something. There was a tragedy that happened in Jesus' day, and everybody was talking about it. It was big news, kind of like 9-11, kind of, well, not a terrorist attack, but, it, you know, on, in Israel at that time. But it, this was big news. And people think when things like that happen, oh, they were terrible sinners and so forth and so on. Which, granted, can very well be the case. All right? Because of sin, this is where we are. All right? But either way, imagine you're sleeping. Or imagine you're sitting there having your morning clock. I mean, imagine your day is just starting normal as ever. And the next thing you know, it's apocalypse. I mean, in, in, in an instant, okay? In an instant. So when, back to what I was saying about the time during Jesus' time, he made quite a comment. Put it in perspective. Do you think that what happened to them, he asked, is because they were greater sinners than you? Isn't that something to think about? It should be something to think about. It should wake you up. It should wake you up. He's putting sin right in their face. Their sin. 
Because one sin, uh, understand me, some things you, you commit, as you know, being a sin are more, oh boy, that was terrible, than others, all right? I mean, a quote-unquote lily-white lie compared to slitting somebody's throat, you know, <laughs> you get it? But Jesus said, there's no difference between one and the other as far as the magnitude of the fact that it's sin. Sin is sin. There's no lily white lies. There's no good sin, bad sin, you know, good lie, bad lie, that kind of thing. No angels on your shoulder, you know, evil angel, good angel, all that stuff. That's all, you know, fluff. Sin is sin, and, and, that, and Jesus put that right out there, right out there. So I just want you to keep that in mind. And pray for these people. Jesus said you should love your enemies. All right? Well, let's show a little compassion and pray for these people. And while we're doing that, we'll pray for their salvation. But they say, the news story, uh, I'll finish it up here, says that historically, historically, the biggest earthquake recorded in the history of the earthquake center over there in uh, Syria, Syria's National Earthquake Center. That says a ton. I just got, you know, wow. So with that being said, guess what? Buffalo, New York, and I know exactly where that is. I've been there a couple, two, three times. Of course, the Niagara Falls thing. Anyway, that's something to see. If you never got to see it yet, if you can manage it, it is definitely something to see. I joke, you know, just a bunch of water going over the side of a cliff or whatever. Man, <laughs> you know, you got to see it to believe it. You got to experience it. And listen, take that boat ride. And just don't worry about those ponchos they give you because the wind, you get right up that. And I mean, I was starting to get like, is he driving the boat this close or did the rudder break or something? And we're just, you know, going to crash on the rocks here. I got to tell you, that <laughs> was probably the scariest ride, quote unquote, that I've ever been on. There is not an amusement ride, and I love taking the scary ones, that <laughs> reached the magnitude of that boat ride to go close to the falls. I, <laughs> man, it was wicked. Anyways, back to the story. Buffalo, New York, strongest earthquake in 40 years. It was a 3.8, so, you know, nothing close to what happened in Syria there and, and Turkey, but it struck on, again, Monday, Monday morning near Buffalo, New York, and it was, um, I guess they say, just under two miles uh West of Seneca, New York, had a depth of 1.86 miles. So around 6.15 a.m., they say, according to the geological survey. And um, not, again, you know, it's uh, affecting people's lives. But here's the thing. Earthquakes and these things in diverse places, so forth and so on. You know, Scripture tells us when the Lord works, the earth is going to shake. Mountains are going to melt, so forth and so on. This is all scripture, all right? There's a reason other than just, you know, the natural course of events 
a lot of times that these things happen. So, you, you know, pay attention, stay focused, be vigilant. And here is <laughs> the coup de gras, I think they call it, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, calm. The calm comes before yet another storm. As And listen, millions of people have been affected by this literally just crippling Arctic blast that, you know, came across the country and just pulverized the North. I mean, pulverized them in cold temperatures like never before. All right? And the thing is, the infrastructure... The, you know, the electricity grid and so forth, you know, water pipes, all this kind of stuff. You know, I remember working in New York uh, and, you know, water breaks in the wintertime was a common thing because the frost line goes down there, gets on them pipes and just cracks them. You know, and you got these water breaks. Anyways, this is beyond like, <laughs> again, the norm, you know, prophecies. You know, I can't think of it any other way. The electrical grid. I mean, they, they can't deal with this kind of cold. Those lines will freeze right up and crack. I mean, it's just beyond belief. And now a new storm is brewing. Promising more snow, flash floods, tornadoes, depending on where you live. You know, people in the south and the Midwest... They usually get the tornadoes. So millions, millions of more people are going to have to, you know, in the middle of already gone through one, here comes another one. And this is, it's going from uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana. It shows that there's just like these copious amounts of rain Winds beyond, you know, you could almost measure them on the hurricane scale. They're like blowing at 40 miles an hour minimum. Not counting, you know, uh, what do they call that? The, You know, when it blows even harder. I can't think of it. Which also affects the temperature. So this is, this is severe. All right. The first storm in Kentucky, 250,000 people without power. And there's only so many power crews that can go out there and work, especially since it affects such a, a wide area. Well, you know, a lot of times when these kinds of things happen in a more isolated area, power companies and so forth and different contractors and whatnot will go to that area to help out. <laughs> this ain't, it's not going to happen because we got our problems, you know, kind of thing. Pray, pray, pray. Pray the Lord opens your eyes, unplugs your ears, and loosens your tongue. Pray the Lord touches your heart, your mind, and your tongue. Go to the throne, seek his forgiveness, which he will give, and seek out the truth. 
Psalm 3, Psalm 3, sorry about that. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. And the lifter up of mine head, my glory. You, O Lord. Psalm 3. So on a lighter note, I miss Bambi. You know, Bambi from Disney. I always thought that was pretty profound, that <laughs> a cartoon like that, you know, and the mother gets shot and killed. Holy cow. Anyways, I miss Bambi, and this is why. Disney, again, they're being slammed. They went woke, big time. A new cartoon series, get this. See, they use cartoons, right? I mean, that's kind of like a no-brainer, right? Kids love cartoons. Anyways, new cartoon series features black children rapping about reparations. And in the rap song saying, slaves built this country. I almost didn't report this because I, uh, be honest with you, I'm at a loss for, you gotta be kidding me in the strongest terms. So it's called The Proud Family, Louder and Prouder. And it has sparked outrage by showing the characters discovering that their town was built by slaves. And then giving this presentation to their school. And as part of the rap, which has been branded blatant anti-white propaganda, a white character is seen standing on a stage with a poster that says, Still Not Atoned. I hope you're getting this. And this literally echoes the current situation in California. Because they got a reparations board insisting that every long-term black resident get $5 million in reparations. Boy, the frickin' crack dealers are jumping for joy, baby. The cartel's gonna get rich. I'm telling you. I don't mean no disrespect, but hey, the facts are the facts, people. You know, I don't pull no punches on this show. In fact, I'm gonna start pulling less. This is just, this is insane. So continuing with the insanity, did you see the Grammys? I hope not. I hope you didn't even bother <laughs> anything about it. But in five minutes of the Grammys, graphically you were shown how close to the end we truly are. You could do the headline, Satan, brought to you by Pfizer. So, if you're looking for a theme song wrapped in an iconic moment to truly symbolize what it means to be here, get this, on day 1057 of 15 days to flatten the curve, <laughs> the 2023 Grammys were just a ticket. You had LGBTQ plus transgenders. You had Satan. Women in cages being beaten with whips, all while singing a song called, get this, Unholy. And if that wasn't enough, hold on, people, here we go. And if that wasn't enough, 
the moment this demonic mess was done, they cut to a brought to you by Pfizer promo, tying the two in nice and neatly together. Pfizer, don't forget, is the vaccine thing there. So there's nothing more you need to know. Don't go watch it. Just know that the Great Reset, the pandemic, gain of function, all the rest of that junk. But, I mean, you can take, you know, go look at the video or go watch a video of it. I didn't. I won't. So moving to a... Another matter real quick. The Ukraine, just for the record, was meant as a sideshow. But instead, it's become a, a more very serious situation and most distracting. And quite honestly, I mean, we don't produce military products like in a time of war kind of thing. So all these resources were given to them depletes our, you know, our stock. And economically, we are sunk. This is nothing short of suicidal anti-Russian sanctions. This is worse than during the Cold War with Russia. All right? Now, to get the weapons for mass massive destruction, Zelensky lied. He's the president over there. And he promised that the weapons would not be used to target Moscow. Listen, that's what they're meant to do. You know, it's kind of like the story of the guy that found a poisonous snake. I don't know what kind it was. I'm paraphrasing here. And he took the snake and he nursed it back to health and kind of thought of it as a pet. Next thing you know, the snake bites him and the guy's going to die. And the snake says, what do you think? That's what I do. That's what these weapons do. They're not going to hold back now. This is going to move forward real fast. And they're going to start hitting inside Russia. I'm telling you right now. A member of the Ukrainian Parliament's National Security, Defense, and Intelligence Committee has said in no uncertain terms, hitting locations inside Russia. This is... <laughs> And they're looking at it as a legitimate military target. So here we are, the West, us and Poland, whoever else, arming Ukraine for these long-range missile attacks on Moscow. I don't want to yell. I don't want to raise my voice. But I got to tell you, from the top of my voice, from the loudest my lungs will get, Putin, the hardliner, he, and he's hardline, will now have no choice. And to be honest with you, fully justified in nuking Ukraine. And then that'll put it under the war, just like we did in Japan. Putin ain't pulling punches. People, you got to remember, he has said several times, that's an option in his mind. And that's how he thinks. And now, again, in this country, what do we have? Absolute panic and desperation have seized this country in our administration. And you got this buffoon up there in the White House and the rest of the idiots that are in charge. They don't know what to do. 
And now that the neocons have realized that the devastation, uh, you know, Ukraine is not any real interest to them. They're going to try to find a way out, but I'll tell you what, good luck with that. Good luck with that one. John 16.33, King James Version. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus told us these things are going to happen. These things are going to come. If not to you, then you're going to see it and hear it. Remember before I told you, he said, I give you my peace, not as the world gives you peace, but as I give you peace. My peace, he says. Peace above all peace. One of his titles, Prince of Peace. Don't let there be any excuse. You need to be vigilant. Vigilant. And while America's evangelical Christians, amongst all this going on, they're rightly concerned about the secular worldview's rejection of biblical Christianity, like I've said so many times. It befuddles me. Oh, Lord God, how can this be? How can they be so blind? And then, you know, the Holy Spirit hits me upside the head. Hey, it's because I blinded them. They didn't want to see. They don't want to hear. We got to give some urgent attention to a problem that's much closer to home, people. I'm speaking to Christians. There is a terrible biblical illiteracy in the church. It's, it's a stench. It's a cancer. And the problem's our own. And only we can fix it. There's no way you can point the finger any other direction than to ourselves. It's amazing. Get this. I was blown away. Well, not real, but anyway. Only half of all Christians, adults, can name the four Gospels. A large number can't identify or cannot identify more than two or three of the 12 disciples. And according to data from a Pew Research Center, Nearly half, nearly half, don't even realize, get this, the golden rule is not one of the Ten Commandments. Isn't that amazing? Kind of like the lily white lie thing and so forth and so on. You know. So choose whatever statistics you want, whatever survey you like. The general pattern is the same among professing Christians. It's, it's so sad. American Christians... No less and less about the Bible. And it shows. Look at the quandrum we are in right now. I'll bet most all of you that listen to my show haven't heard it like this. And these Christians who lack biblical knowledge, they're the products. Listen to me now. They're the products of churches that place too little value or no, no value on biblical knowledge. Zip, zero. I should have looked up and seen how many can even quote John 
I'm not going to quote it. I want you to look it up. My best friend told me that verse, and I never forgot it. So, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, yeah, he's one of the apostles, yeah. His words to Timothy have as much value today as they ever did. And he says this in 1 Timothy 4, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. That's, you know, the eternal word of God. (laughs) What he said back then is absolute value today. Because think of it as, you know, every word of God is a nugget of gold. Gold never loses its value. If anything, it gains in value. So there's only a small fraction of local congregations that spend any time and attention on this matter of the Bible, let alone prophecy. And while the increasing emphasis on small group ministries, it's certainly increased opportunities for shallow fellowship, many of these groups never get beyond superficial. Here's your Bible. But nobody is leading the flock. And unfortunately, sheep, you know, as like a metaphor here, sheep don't have much in the way of brains to be able to lead themselves. All right? That's why the Lord says, you know, in the scriptures, it says, you know, I'm the good shepherd. And it says in the scriptures, he will bring me to good pastures and water and so forth and so on. Because sheep aren't smart enough. A sheep will walk right into a raging river, you know, got water, right? And be swept away by it. Because they're not smart enough to know, don't get in there. And I'm not saying, you know, maybe there's other animals too. But I'm just making the, you know connection here between the flock, the ministry, and the churchgoers. If we don't recover the centrality and urgency of biblical teaching and preaching and refuse to sideline the teaching ministry of the preacher, pastors and churches too busy, too distracted to make biblical knowledge a central aim of ministry. And they're going to produce, and they have produced, so sad to say, again, over and over I say it, producing believers who simply do not know enough to be faithful disciples. And worse, they'll fail to pass down a clear understanding of the gospel to the next generation sitting in the pews. I mean, ask yourself, how many people have you encountered that you've gone out to minister to or you know, share the gospel with, maybe knocking on door, you know, going door to door kind of thing and so forth. Many churches still do that today, I hope. And they don't have a clue. Which, okay, especially if you're not a Christian, you probably don't have a clue. Okay, and that's understandable. Hey, maybe you could say they have an excuse, right? Not really, but I'm just saying. But when it comes to Christians being in this situation, this is the saddest state of affairs. Let's look at 1 Samuel 17. The battle is ours. Or Hang on. Back up. The battle is the Lord's. 1 Samuel 17. 
And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, but for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So, in other words, the Lord's not going to save us through the sword, you know, in the spear. The battle's his. We just got to go forward. You see, when Satan tries to dissuade and discourage us from serving God, he tries to make even our own, our own strengths seem like liabilities. You know, God takes certain strengths that you have as your character or your person and uses those. He, he, and, 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 the, and the enemy also makes us feel too young or too old or maybe we're too good-looking or too ugly. A person with a dark past or a goody two-shoes, too fat, too skinny, underqualified, overqualified. Then the list goes on and on. Ill-equipped, ill-trained. You see, the Christian army behind you may seem weak, ineffective, compromised, fearful, uninterested. And that which stands against you, they seem confident, powerful, committed, even in such a dire circumstance. We can listen to Paul again in the book of Acts, chapter 20. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. It says so many times in the scripture, don't fear those that come against you. It's like, remember in my last show, right, King David? He didn't fear that giant. He knew who he was. And David knew what he had to do because David stood for God. And he let it be known. And the giant, well, we know the story. So listen, it's not about you, not about your weaknesses. Don't look to ourselves. Try not to look to ourselves. I mean, I've done it. I'm not worthy. I, you know, I don't know. I got a past, you know, and all these things. And then one day the Lord just kind of, you know, spoke to me and said, who doesn't? And you think you're the only one in this boat or that boat or any other situation? And, you know, eventually after he told me enough, and I, point is, I had to believe it, you know, in order to do something, I had to stand up, so I had to believe I could stand up. I had to speak, so I had to believe I could speak. You know, that kind of thing. So it's not about us, not about you. Because the bottom line is this. Now listen, please. In Christ, in Jesus Christ, you can face any enemy, defeat any giant, because the battle is the Lord's. Now, Moving into where I'm going with this show thing. I'm going to end the show with uh, Ezekiel chapter 38, the entire chapter. And there's a, there's a reason why. So you might want to mark this uh, chapter in your Bibles and be ready for it to be referenced again. And it's definitely going to be referenced again on Friday and Monday. You know, so like I said, it's a three-part thing I'm I'm doing here. And I, I hope, I hope that you gain a lot of understanding 
and it helps edify your trust, your faith, your belief, and so forth and so on. And it'll set your eyes in the right direction and your ears and loosen your tongue and allows you to be vigilant. So here we go. Ezekiel chapter 38. And the word of the Lord came unto me saying, I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Sorry about that. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine, all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, Persia, Ethiopia, Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his bands, the house of Togorma of the north quarters, and all his bands, and many people with thee. Be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. And after many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste. But it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall also come to pass that at the same time shall things come into thy mind and thou shalt think an evil thought. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. You know, I'm going to stop there for the sake of time. So it's Ezekiel chapter 38. I want you to read it. Please do. But I want to bring something to your attention. In verse 5, it says the word Persia. And of course, Ethiopia and Libya, we know where they are. Persia is actually modern-day Iran, if you didn't know that. All right? And henceforth, modern-day Iran, apparently, because it's mentioned here, is going to be part of this, I guess you could say, confederate army of different groups from different places are going to descend upon Israel and try to wipe them out. We're going to get to more of that in the next show and then the show after that. It's like got 23 verses to it. And be honest with you people, my mouth's getting dry and I'm hungry. It's lunchtime. God forgive me. Anyway, so read chapter 38 
most important thing I wanted to bring to your attention, Persia, because there is now some political movement between the European nations, uh, mainly France, because that guy, well, what the heck is his last name? I can't remember it now. Anyways, he and Netanyahu have been meeting, and they're discussing this nuclear program that Iran has constantly tried to get up and running. So I wouldn't be surprised if you hear in the near future a strike by Israel against a location in Iran, which would be probably, most probably, to do with their nuclear proliferation. And again, the idiot in the White House, you know, Trump put a ban against that, you know, (laughs) and this idiot in the White House, one of the first things he did was lift the ban, and of course now Iran's back to work trying to get what they need. And they're in cahoots with Russia. They've been for a long time. So I just wanted to bring this particular prophecy out in the, out to you, bring it to your attention, and I want you to go ahead and read it for yourself. Like I said, I give you a short, you know, real quick here. I think I went up to like verse 12, but either way, read it, mark it, you know, save the place in your Bible because we'll come back to it a couple of times, two, three times or more, whatever, um, however it works in the, you know, the subsequent next two shows. I hope that you've enjoyed this one. I enjoy always, always, always doing these shows for you, with you, uh, however you want to look at it. And again, I hope you're sharing them. And most importantly, I hope you're staying vigilant, reading your Bible, and saying your prayers. God bless everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Goodbye.
The lunatic is on the grass. The lunatic is on the grass. Remembering games and daisy chains and laughs. Got to keep the lunatic on the path. The lunatic is in the hall. The lunatics are in my hall. The paper holds their folded faces to the floor. And every day the paper boy brings more. Feel and all that you love and all that. 
Bye.